0: Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of the Coached by Hulls podcast, a podcast that I hope will help you to live healthier and happier while still enjoying a fun-filled life. Straight onto the episode today, none of the usual general chit-chat, um, just because today's episode is a little bit longer than usual, so I thought we'd just get straight into it. So today's episode is All Things PCOS. So what PCOS is, how it may affect your fat loss or health journey, I'll be giving exercise recommendations for those with PCOS, nutrition recommendations and also recommend um, supplements that I believe to benefit those with PCOS. So I work with a lot of clients who have PCOS and it's an important factor to consider And when you go onto Google and you search PCOS or you follow people online who are apparently PCOS coaches, you can be pulled in a million and one different directions when it comes to the advice given. And it just isn't helpful. It's confusing more than anything. And even if you visit the doctors, sometimes the recommendation by GPs is just to, go on the pill and come back when you want to get pregnant, which, again, isn't helpful at all. And if that has been the case for you, go back to your GP and request actual help. what happened to my voice there? (laughs) Now, that's not to say all doctors are the same. Um, I am very grateful for the NHS. We should all be very grateful for the NHS. Um, But a lot of the time it seems to be funding issues, Women's health hasn't always had the most research or funding put into it, but that is starting to change now, which is great. Um, With the resources medical professionals have at the minute, the aim is just to manage the symptoms, which is great. But more needs to be done in terms of the daily habits and lifestyle changes, as this can work really well in combination with the medication. So PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome and there are three criteria that define PCOS and you have to have two out of the three to qualify as having PCOS. I don't think qualify was the right word then, but that was the first word that came to my head, you know what I mean. So yeah, let's reframe that. So you have to have two out of the three to be diagnosed with having PCOS. That word is a lot better. So um, the first criteria is hyperandrogenism, which is an increase of levels of testosterone. And this can be tested via a blood test. The second is an irregular menstrual cycle. This means you have less than nine cycles a year which means the cycles are usually above 35 days and the third is polycystic ovaries so that's having the little cysts on your ovaries now you may still have polycystic ovary syndrome without having the physical cysts so you've got to have two or three of the criteria to be diagnosed with PCOS Symptoms of PCOS include acne, irregular menstrual cycles, insulin resistance, excess body or facial hair, at the other end of that hair loss, difficulty with weight loss and increased risk of obesity and you might actually find that you can build muscle mass a little easier And this is basically due to the increased levels of testosterone, which if that's the case, that's a win. We'll hold on to that one. It can cause difficulty conceiving and sometimes infertility. However, saying this, if you are currently living in a larger body that classes as overweight or obese, Achieving fat loss of 2 to 5% can increase menstrual cycle regularity and increase fertility. Obviously, aiming for that 5% fat loss reduction optimally. But for those living with PCOS, fat loss can be a little more difficult purely because your basal metabolic rate is reduced meaning you burn less calories on a daily basis so you need to consume less calories for your body to complete all of its daily processes so therefore you need to consume less calories to lose body fat the difference in calories between someone with pcos and someone without pcos is up to 17%, which is about 300 calories. So let's say someone without PCOS um, needs to consume 1,868 calories to lose weight. Someone with PCOS may need to reduce their calories to 1,590 a day, to lose that same body weight now please remember everyone is different and the difference can range from 0% up to 17% so this can make it more difficult but not impossible and your mindset around this is really important if you go into this with a victim mindset and think well it's harder for me anyway so what's the point then that isn't going to help at all A positive, can-do attitude is needed and you will succeed. Now, I am not saying everyone in a larger body needs to go on a fat loss diet. However, losing body fat if you are in a larger body and have PCOS will improve your symptoms. So this brings us nicely onto the exercise and nutrition recommendations for those with PCOS. Now, I know you're hoping for me to tell you some magic diet or exercise program that gives you the quickest results, but honestly, that's not the case. And for those with PCOS and those without, the advice generally is pretty much the same. So we always want to include lots of fruit and veg, lots of lean protein, A wide range of different whole foods limit the consumption of highly processed foods. Now, that's not to say cut them out completely, just reduce the amount that you're having. Protein and fibre can be more important and are really important if you have PCOS. So your hunger and fullness cues can be affected. That's not to say they are, but they can be meaning you might have an increase in appetite or more food cravings and that might also mean that you aren't able to tell when you feel full. Which is why fibre and protein are more important as these foods help you to feel fuller for longer, they increase satiety and they'll help manage your hunger levels. Protein and fibre take longer to digest So you will be promoting hunger and fullness cues. They also have slower release of energy. So you're less likely to get a dip in energy throughout the day, which therefore reduces the chances of getting cravings because of that dip in energy. Opt for an inclusive approach. Have a think. What can you include more of into your diet rather than what you need to restrict from your diet and this mindset just really helps because if you're more focused on what you can include maybe more different varied types of fruit and veg can you maybe include different pulses so chickpeas lentils nuts and seeds if you go into it with a restrictive mindset thinking okay, I can't have any chocolate, all you will do is restrict that chocolate, all you will do is think about that chocolate, and then you'll resist, you'll resist, you'll resist, until you get to a point where you can't resist any longer, and you'd go headfirst into a full packet of chocolate hobnob biscuits. Then what happens is all these feelings of guilt and shame come on, so you then go straight back to over-restricting and then you're into an overeat, over-restricted cycle. If you want a couple of digestive chocolate biscuits, absolutely fine. Take two, enjoy them, and have them as part of a whole food diet. Also with your nutrition, it's important to aim for a structured eating routine. This is purely for gradual energy balance throughout the day. Include foods that have a lower calorie total so this will need some thought. Choose lower calorie foods that are high in protein that you can pack your meals full of to increase food volume to help you to feel fuller for longer. What's going to fill you up more? One burger all day that's 1,500 calories and a can of coke that's 138 calories or a bowl of mixed berries, Greek yogurt, and a teaspoon of Nutella for breakfast, then a bagel with some salmon and cream cheese with a protein yogurt and a banana for lunch, and then maybe a yummy soy and ginger beef stir fry packed full of lots of veg and noodles followed by a Kit Kat as a sweet treat. What's gonna fill you up more? One burger and a can of Coke that brings you up to your daily calorie intake, or all that yummy food I just mentioned that equates to that same calorie intake for the day. Now that's not to say you can never have a burger. Absolutely not, I love a burger every now and then. So aim for 80-20. So 80% of the time, you are eating high protein, whole food meals with lots of fiber and lots of different protein sources, pulses, legumes things like that with 20% of the time if you want two chocolate digestive biscuits on a Tuesday night after you evening a meal absolutely fine if you want to enjoy a takeaway on a Saturday with family again absolutely fine 80 20. So I've spoken a fair bit about protein and fibre in terms of your carbohydrates you don't have to cut them out at all If you can though, structure your meals around exercise or movement because exercise and movement stimulates glucose uptake into the cells just like insulin does. So if you are insulin resistant and that's one of your symptoms, this will reduce the amount of glucose circling in the body. So if you can get out for a walk after your evening meal, Perfect. Include more of your carbohydrates in your evening meal than in the other meals. If you like to train in the morning, include more carbs in your breakfast than any of the meals. So try to set the majority of your carbohydrate intake around a meal closest to your exercise or movement. On to exercise. And again, with exercise... The advice is pretty similar for those with and those without PCOS. If I could prescribe one kind of training to those with PCOS, it would be resistance training and walking. Let's combine the two. The reason exercise, well, resistance training is so important is because it increases insulin sensitivity which in turn reduces blood sugar levels. It manages hyperandrogenism, which remember is that increased levels of testosterone. Exercise helps to build muscle mass, which is a metabolic store in your body, which is why muscle mass is so important for health and longevity. And even though the difference is very small, exercise can increase your BMR which if you remember what we said at the start, if you have PCOS, your BMI is lower. So if we can increase your BMI slightly, every little helps. Aim for three full body sessions a week to stimulate the maximum amount of muscle mass or do something you enjoy. So if you were only to do one weight session a week because you don't really enjoy it that much, over three, maybe badminton, Pilates, and swimming sessions a week. Of course, I would rather you do the badminton, swimming, and Pilates for three sessions over one full body resistance session. So make sure you enjoy it because if you enjoy it, you're more likely to stick to it, and anything is better than nothing. Going back to the steps and walking. Aim for a minimum of 7,500 steps a day. Now, this is mainly for health, but also walking will help increase your insulin sensitivity. Um, And just every time you move, just picture the glucose in your blood being uptaken into your cells. Every little bit of movement is a win for your health you are adding such metabolic health gains and that's just a huge win. So just picture that every time you move. Let's call like little pockets of movements, movement snacks. So just like you'd eat a snack for energy, let's do movement snacks as well. And picture that glucose being uptaken into your cells, which again is a huge win for your health. There is some evidence now to suggest that yoga can help with insulin sensitivity. Don't get me started on yoga. I went to a yin yoga class last night in Liverpool and it was at the top of a building. It was dark, it was candlelit and it just looked out onto the whole city and it was absolutely gorgeous. I was a bit worried because yin yoga is you're holding one position for about five minutes um, so not only is it a body workout, it's also a mind workout and your mind can start to try and talk you out of it. Um, so I thought I would find that really difficult, but I absolutely loved it and it's a really good workout for your mind. So if you've never tried Yin yoga, try and find a class and give it a go. Anyway, where was I? So yeah, there is some evidence now to suggest yoga can help with insulin sensitivity and hyperandrogenism. But I also recommend yoga for the benefits to mental health and also body image and the connection that it creates between you and your body. So then this leads us nicely onto the mental health benefits of exercise, resistance training, yoga, walking in nature. They all support a positive body image. And when you have a positive body image, you are less likely to binge or overeat you're more likely to move and exercise your body and you're more likely to be in touch with your hunger and fullness cues. These types of movements also support stress levels. So stress is a huge player in PCOS as well. The adrenal glands are the main site for androgen production. And when our adrenal adrenal glands are chronically stimulated, With chronic stress, this can contribute to the overproduction of androgen hormones. And that contributes to hyperandrogenism, so that increase in testosterone levels. So this can all be reduced through exercise. Cortisol is also seen as the devil, but it isn't. It's just a normal, natural response that we need exercise will cause an acute spike in cortisol levels which is fine and this is normal instead of blaming different exercises for your spike in cortisol let's focus on the con on your chronic stress management brought on by daily life so your work being sedentary because living with high levels of stress will impact your food choices and increase the risk of overeating and emotional eating. So something like yoga, going out for a walk in nature, will be really beneficial in supporting this. Even things like meditation can be good at managing stress and emotions. And just think about it, when you feel stressed, you then take that out on your body, you feel rubbish in yourself and therefore Sometimes turn to food to suppress those emotions. So, yoga, workouts, meditation, walks are all really good ways to manage your stress. Just remember when it comes to your exercise and nutrition, it doesn't have to be this big excessive thing. Start small and build it up over time. So, let's say you've never tried yoga before. All you need to do is type yoga into YouTube, choose a quick five minute flow and try that to begin with, and then just build up gradually over time. Supplements. Now, I get more questions around supplements rather than food. Um, And that's the case for anything, really, not just with PCOS. And supplements can be great, but food comes first. So remember that. Focus on changing your nutrition habits before even thinking about supplements. But supplements for PCOS, there are two that I would recommend. So the first is, and I say this wrong all the time, I can never remember what it's called or how to say it myo onocital. I always want to say osonital, onocital, myo onocitol. And you can take 4 grams a day, preferably 2 grams in the morning and 2 grams in the evening, and this can be really beneficial for fertility and ovulation and also hyper hyperandrogenism. There is another supplement that is recommended, and that is berberine. I think I've said that right again, I'm not 100% sure. And the recommendation there is 1500 milligrams per day. And this supplement is great for increasing insulin sensitivity and regulating your menstrual cycle. Please speak to your doctor before taking either of these. Um, And then I would also just recommend the usuals, vitamin D and omega-3, which I recommend to everyone and anyone. Vitamin D, especially between the months of September to April, because we get very little in this country. And omega-3, if you aren't getting two portions of fish a week, just because your body can't produce that on its own, so if you aren't getting those portions of omega-3 naturally, you need to supplement it. Okay, and that brings us to the end of today's podcast. If you have any questions at all on this, please do not hesitate to drop me a message. If you know anyone who is living with PCOS, please feel free to share this episode with them to hopefully help them too maybe share this episode to your story like the episode review the podcast anything at all to help this podcast reach more people and hopefully help them too thank you so much for listening okay love you bye